and welcome to the 72nd episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Rittner. How you doing, Roger? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So it's earnings season, and I thought we could talk about uh, AT&T and Verizon. Uh, who do you want to start with? Let's start with Verizon. All right. How did they do? I thought they did pretty well. Right, considering all, they executed quite nicely, especially when focusing on on their financials, and and they delivered on the the revenue and and profit growth. When we look at at the net ad side, they're third again, right? So I don't know how long they can they can do this or want to do this that they are proudly third in a three-man race. But I think as long as they deliver on the financials, that should be fine. I think the perspective the Verizon folks would probably give you is to say, you know, they're, they're more focused on upgrading the base, go, taking folks from legacy metered plans or, or you know, entry-level unlimited to premium unlimited, right? Yes. And they're yes. they're less, less focused on aggressive promotions, things of that nature. So to the extent that, you know, they're, they're not pulling in sector best postpaid phone net, net ads, I think they would say, well, we're not also running a lot of really aggressive promotions in that respect. So, but I thought it was a good quarter. Yeah, no, it was a good quarter. But the, the question is always, you know, they, they're trying to wring out more water out of a stone. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty good at it, right? The question is, how much longer can they go with that? Especially that AT and T and T Mobile have a, a Verizon, you know, killer product with their, you know, Magenta Mac, Max and and their the the, the top end AT and T offer. And you saw that pressure being responded to by Verizon launching a similar plan that truly has no no usage cap. And from that perspective, you know, I think we're seeing reactions in the market. You know, the, the, the good thing for Verizon is that we do our survey and the Verizon network is still perceived by customers as the best network. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what's going to be interesting is, you know, that there's obviously obviously been some delays in terms of deploying C-band. They've been talking about 5G with respect to, you know, either low band or millimeter wave. Low band's not that much faster. Millimeter wave is much faster, but doesn't propagate through buildings or really very far at all. C-band is going to be that sweet spot for them. And from what we hear, they're, they're going to be able to turn it on and, you know. Well, they turned it on. Yeah, everywhere in those 46 markets, Right. Yeah, that they get in, as part of A Block in that first tranche of C band. So they're working very hard on getting more markets ahead of schedule as well, because they know they need being the most reliable only lasts so long. You need to be at least in the ballpark with everybody else on on speed. And you know, T Mobile just came out with some press release saying. Oh, we sweep the the UCLA speed test awards. So it, it's a multi-dimensional game, and you really have to be very full of admiration for them rolling out forty-six markets in this environment with C band. 
And in some of these markets, the speeds are phenomenal. And in other parts, they are not, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and so, you know, but it only gets better because they've seeded like one third of their base already with phones that can do this. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the system or the, the network is like almost immediately loaded. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I think that's really interesting about Verizon and C-Band is they're really pushing hard on fixed wireless. And I, we didn't see it in the numbers this quarter. They only added 78,000 fixed wireless net ads. But I would expect that once they've got C-Band fired up, again, their their CPs are, are C-Band and millimeter wave compatible. And so once they now that they've turned that spectrum on, they can really go hard at acquiring those fixed wireless customers and they've got some really aggressive promotions to go along with that, right? So I think it was like, what was it, $25? Yeah, for $25, if you're Verizon wireless customers, you can have the fixed wireless to the home. And that's that's pretty spectacular because, you know, for most people, I would say even the 4G wireless to the home will beat DSL. Right, right. And, and it will be cheaper. And... You know, I think it's always important to recognize Verizon put down these numbers on their fixed wireless growth ahead of time. And companies only provide you with numbers if they think they can like really excel in this. And so, yeah, the numbers were not spectacular, but that's only setting them up for the success story of C-Band with fixed wireless access. So they're setting themselves up to like, oh, look how, how spectacular we did with CBAN, right? And that compares how not great they were when we had only LTE. Right. Well, and you can see a little bit of foreshadowing too in terms of you know, what T-Mobile's been able to do, not with, with C-Band spectrum, obviously, but with, with the 2.5 gigahertz mid-band spectrum they have. They've added, you know, half a million subs in just a couple quarters. Right, so there's definitely yeah. definitely an opportunity there for for Verizon to really knock it out of the park. It's it seems like it's something that that consumers definitely want. Yeah, and they have well, they have two to three years of a opportunity with time window until the investment money from the government starts hitting, because you know that's when when fiber comes. And multi-gig fiber comes, you know? Right. Because if you're building something right now, you build multi-gig. And I don't know how well fixed wireless will go head-to-head -head against multi-gig internet. And the cable guys will come out with something too. Because right now, and, you know, we can segue here to, to AT&T, they launched their multi-gig fiber just a few days ago. And our research shows people love the reliability of it and they love speed mm -hmm. and faster is better. It's really hard to argue about it. Some people are like, oh, but how can you fill this up? Well, it's future proofing the network and the difference in money is not that much. And some people just like to have the fastest stuff. Well, it's cheaper, cheaper to operate fiber than it is something like a DSL or, or even a wireless network as well, right? So I agree with your statement around it, it, it being future-proof. I, you know, I struggle to think about what, what ungodly amount of downloading and uploading I would need to do to be able to clog up a two, two gigabit or five gigabit 
pipe today, but that doesn't mean that in you know the coming years it's not going to be something that will be possible. It's multiple devices, right? Imagine right. if you're secure if you have like five security cameras and they're all in 4K. That starts, you know, clogging up that thing very quickly. And so it's it's that type of of scenario and people just like fast, right? And it's nice when when not you are the bottleneck, but when the website you're reaching is the becomes the bottleneck. Well, that's been my experience with fiber, right? So I, I have gigabit fiber and you know it's often often the other side of the connection is the limiting factor, not not me, which is nice. Yeah. So you've done everything you could. So ATT I thought did did very well too. You know, and, and kind of what we expected. On the fiber side, you know, that group delivered very strong growth again. So ATT and T-Mobile both pre-released their postpaid phone net ads, right? So we, we've known about those for a while. AT&T once again kind of barely eked out, or not barely, but had a photo finish, I should say. They, they eked out a win again. They eked out right? a win, exactly. It speaks to the durability of these offers they have in market, right? So the idea that you're going to offer all your customers kind of the same incentives and, and the same same plans and things of that nature, I think really turns off the spigot from a churn perspective for the rest of the industry. So it helps them with retention. It also helps them with acquisition, right? Well, churn came up a little bit for everybody. Right, but it's the fourth quarter, right? I mean, everybody's got more aggressive promotions in the fourth quarter. And Verizon beat AT&T on postpaid phone churn by like 0.1%. So... This whole talk about, oh, the, the, the churn floodgates are opening is not reflected in the numbers, right? Well, they're not, they're not opening, but I would say they are going up. Typically, they do go up in Q4. You know, I think what's going to be interesting is, you know, a lot of the estimates we've seen in terms of, you know, what, where we think total net ads are going to be next year are considerably lower than where they were this year. Right. And so I think, you know, focus on churn and Yeah, because they were insane this year. Right. I mean it's not sustainable, right? The, the, the industry can't continue to grow at the pace it grew uh, from a subscriber perspective forever, right? And so I think a lot of folks are, are figuring it's gonna start to even out in uh twenty twenty two here, at which point churn becomes really important, right? Because you don't wanna be feeding the industry and helping others gain, right? But yeah, I thought this was a good I thought it was a good quarter. You know, kind of more the same. And I think what's interesting is that, you know, AT&T is now kind of getting to the point where they've, they're getting close to finishing out kind of their divestitures and kind of streamlining and things of, of that nature. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how they execute with this new streamlined, you know, telecom focused company that's unburdened by distractions around, you know, content and things of that nature. So it'll, it'll be interesting. But Randall's adventures. That, that all were were like didn't end too well, and right. oh, what I also thought was interesting is prepaid didn't grow that much, right? Yep. So prepaid at AT and T didn't grow that much. We we missed talking about Verizon acquiring TrackPhone, right? So they were rolled into the numbers. Yeah, but one month, and it, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, we talked last time when we talked about TrackPhone. I thought what was significant is that Rob Dandria left TrackPhone. He was the CMO there. And so 
one of the dangers that I see there is that Verizon, who is not necessarily the expert in, in prepaid, is buying the customers without the expertise, right? And so that's that's one of the, the, the dangers that, you know, they might just buy, you know, 20 million customers and then and then whittle them down because the brains that, that help you maintain it and grow it are walking out. And that's one of the dangers that, that you always have in an acquisition. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll have to wait and see. that Verizon lost 85,000 prepaid customers, which is not, is not terrible. It's a lot more than, given this, the size of TrackPhone, it's a lot more than they've, they've lost historically because their prepaid business prior to this was much smaller. But I, I agree. I mean, you know, I, I think that those prepaid customers will be more valuable to Verizon, you know, with ownership economics on the track phone base than they were as, as wholesale as well. So I think, you know, they might focus a little more on it too. Yeah. And I, I thought it was very interesting when Hans was asked about if they want to migrate the prepaid customers over to postpaid that he said like, well, no, we want to be the best in class prepaid provider. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's an ambition too, right? Whereas for T-Mobile, it's both, right? They, they, want to be the, the largest prepaid provider and use it as fertile grounds to feed into their into their postpaid. Well, you know, and I think that's an interesting strategy. I think it's really worked out well for T-Mobile in the sense that, you know, a lot of folks start out on prepaid. I know I started out as on prepaid when I was younger before I had any credit. And I think a lot of people have that experience and having a pathway, Mano said something to this effect, you need to have a product for folks at different stages in their life. Verizon, by sticking to pretty much the post-paid business up until now, has not really had that full life cycle kind of offering, and now they do. So, and I think it's something that's worked really well for T-Mobile. I think you would probably agree with me when I say that, you know, I think the Metro acquisition is probably one of the more successful acquisitions in the last 10, 15 years. Oh, huge. In terms of how well they made it work. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they so, executed it brilliantly, Right, T-Mobile. That, that was so well done. It's the playbook also for their Sprint acquisition, and it's not going that well there as it did with, with Metro, but, you know, Sprint has been a huge construction site for, for many, many years. Yeah, so I, mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how Verizon executes on this. They're a very execution-focused organization, and, and they're very good at that, right? So I look forward to, to kind of the, the future of prepaid uh with Verizon and TrackPhone and Visible and all the other kind of sub-brands, it'll be interesting to see the extent to which they, they streamline some of that as well. And, and churn is coming down in, in prepaid, right? You know, AT&T mentioned it's, it's solidly sub-3%. Yeah, it's the third quarter in a the row they said that it's, it's under 3%. Even lower for cricket is what they always say as well. So. And so it's like prepaid churn now, if you're good, it's at the levels where postpaid churn was like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Right? Yep. And it's, it's mind-blowing. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to have some investor analyst days here coming up pretty soon. So we'll definitely make sure to cover that. You know, that's typically where we get all the information about where everybody is kind of aiming for. My sense from, you know, both Verizon and AT&T is that they're, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any radical changes in terms of, you know, what we'll see in investor day, but you know, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks, Roger. That's all we have time for. All right. All right. Thank you. Talk Bye. next week. Bye.